Good evening. This is Joyce with Quiet Talks on the Gospel. Today is July 20, 2022. The title is What's Fasting Got to Do With It? You can find me on my blog at whatwouldajesusgirldo.com and the picture is I took myself, I had five sticky notes and I drew squiggly lines on it so it'll it'll come to pass what it is the scripture is Matthew 9 14 through 17 in the NIV then John's disciples came and asked him how is it that we and the Pharisees fast but your disciples do not fast. Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is still with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. The footnote in my New American Standard Bible for verses 16 and 17 state this, The old and new cannot be combined. And then it says, see note on Luke 5.37, which follows, Wineskins were used as containers for liquid. If filled with new wine, the old skins lost elasticity and burst when the wine fermented. The point is that the new teaching of the grace of Christ cannot be contained within the old forms of the law. The history of that era details the Pharisees fasted twice a week. It was called by some conspicuous piety. In other words, they wanted people to notice and think that they were very spiritual. There were three required public fasts. John's followers were probably fasting in mourning. John had had his head chopped off. They did go and collect his body. In Matthew 14, Herod the king had unwittingly offered a portion of his earthly kingdom to the daughter of Herodias because the daughter's dancing had pleased him so much. Hmm. John was in prison at the time. She asked for the head of John the Baptist. She was being prompted by her mother, Herodias. 
You see, the Baptist had previously told the king he should not have Herodias, as she had been married to Herod's brother, Philip. John's disciples wanted to know why they and the Pharisees had to fast when the disciples of Jesus didn't. Now, if fasting was enjoyable, they probably wouldn't have cared, would they? But it's not pleasant to restrict yourself for a certain length of time and not eat. Even fasting for an early a.m. lab draw can be tedious when you're used to waking up and immediately having breakfast. I have heard both clergy and non-clergy, though, call for a fast on a certain day in order to help enter into prayer during a crisis. Just this week, I watched a video on YouTube where a person is doing and leading others to do what's called an intermittent fast. Claims are that the body can heal and rest during these intermittent fastings, going without food for a certain length of time. The warning is always given to check with your doctor prior to fasting. So, in today's world, how do we know if the Lord wants us to fast? I believe if you're a Christian, the Lord can cause you to understand what He wants you to do. He can show you in the scriptures, or you may hear it in a sermon. You can always hear His voice encourage you to do or say something. We are having a mini-class reunion tomorrow for lunch. I was thinking about high school and remembering my shorthand class, which was part of the business course education. Secretaries use shorthand, or at least they used to, to take down letters from bosses like Della did for Perry Mason on TV if you're old enough to remember like me. Our teacher was Mrs. Pickering, and believe me you, you paid strict attention to her. Imagine us facing her at the front of the class, plus anything she had written on the chalkboard in shorthand, which meant absolutely nothing to us, yet we knew it was a language that could be learned. Even more, we had signed up for it. In our heart, we believed that we could learn it. Many times, our minds were weary and our hearts heavy, and we almost wanted to give up, but not quite. Weeks passed until one day, we walked into class, and we could read what she'd written on the board. Oh, happy day. Oh, yes, we would still need to work hard and look up new words, etc. But in time, it was no longer a jumble of lines and curves. It was a real language. It can be that way for you to listen and hear God speak. Maybe it won't be audible, at least at first, but eventually it will be more than a hunch 
more than a I think so, it will be I know. And then I ask for the people that were reading, did you guess the shorthand notes read, I love you, times five? And then I told them that I say, mind how you go, at the end of, well, most every podcast, and ask them, do you know why you should mind how you go? Because God minds how you go. And he minds how I go. The song on the blog is Anne Murray singing in the garden.